0: All right. Hey, guys, welcome to Real Live Talk. Uh, It's so awesome to just have this opportunity to talk to you today. Thanks so much for being here. And I'm Duke Lamastra, I'm your host. And if you've seen the show before, this is the first time you're seeing me by myself. (laughs) I normally have a guest with me, Uh, but let me just explain. Uh, I had a guest scheduled for today, and at the last minute, there was a cancellation uh not so much a cancellation as a reschedule so um I'm just gonna I I didn't really have a whole lot of time to find someone else to fill the spot that's kind of the the challenge to doing these twice a week with guests all the time my goal here is always to have a guest on and have a just a good conversation a laid-back conversation with leaders in the body of Christ uh, that's what this show is really about. But today, I'm actually going to be here by myself. So I figured I would just take an opportunity to talk a little bit about the heart behind this show, why I do what I do. I'm not going to spend a lot of time doing that. I actually do have something on my heart that I want to share. I thought about finding a guest to to uh, fill the spot uh, and just kind of scramble and find somebody at the last minute. I have some really good friends that I'm sure someone would have filled in. Uh, but I just decided that I actually did have something on my heart, so I'm just going to actually. Uh, talk a little bit by myself today and do a little bit of teaching. I'm not going to preach at you or anything like that. Said every lying preacher ever, but whatever. <laughs> I um, but I, but I thought I would take a few minutes at the beginning here just to kind of talk a little bit. I'm about two and a half months into this new show, so you know, still still a, a pretty new show here. Do this twice a week. Um, but, uh, because I've always have a guest and I always kind of jump right into the interview, I haven't really ever taken a minute to explain why I started this thing in the first place. So I thought that would be a good opportunity to do that. Now, let me just say for anybody following along, uh, watching the video live with me, you are welcome to leave a comment. You can put something in the chat. If you have a question or something like that, it's definitely going to be a little bit more, laid back today and just kind of whatever happens, happens because I don't have a guest and I might actually be able to monitor the chat a little bit better today because I'm not trying to listen to anybody else talk. And so, yeah, but anyway, if you have a comment or a question or anything like that, feel free to put it in the chat and uh, we can uh, maybe answer some questions today too once we get into the discussion. But um, I do, you you might see the title there. I actually want to talk about what I want to get into a little bit is talking about familiarity with God what happens when we when we become overly familiar with God and how we could actually avoid that or if we find ourselves in that place where there's too much familiarity and and I'll explain why that's a negative thing in just a minute Um, but if we find ourselves in that place where we're not putting enough value maybe on our relationship with God and uh, I'm going to show how this relates even to our relationships with other people as well Uh, but some things that we can do, some things we can keep in mind and be conscious of and things that we can be intentional about to avoid that, to make sure that we never lose just the childlike wonder and awe that's so necessary in our relationship with God. Uh, So I want to talk about that in a little bit, but before we just get into that, I again just want to say thank you to everybody who's just uh showing me any kind of support (laughs) for this show here again we're kind of still in the beginning stages it's still kind of small scale but i appreciate you guys for for being here i i just want to say thank you to all the the guests that have joined me so far and i've got some really amazing guests scheduled coming up here over the next several weeks i'm really excited about about uh my, my guests and people that are coming on the show just trying to constantly uh just Find awesome people that are doing awesome things in the body of Christ, not necessarily pastors and missionaries and people like that. I want to talk to those people, too, but also people that are doing awesome things in the business world. If you didn't catch the last episode, episode number 24, it just went out on Thursday with Tim Walls. That was just an awesome conversation that really centered a lot around business, but kingdom mindedness in business and there's been a few episodes like that i've uh, talked to some people that are musical um, artists and that are doing stuff in the music industry and uh anyway just all kinds of people and i have some really really cool interviews scheduled coming up in the future here if you haven't done this already if you haven't subscribed to this podcast to make sure that you never miss out on episodes they automatically get downloaded all of that you can subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms like spotify apple google etc you can also like my Facebook page at DKLamastra. And that way you'll always get notified as soon as I go live every single time. Typically do these every Monday and Thursday. And if you would subscribe, if you would share it with somebody, um, that would be amazing. And uh, if you'd leave a review on somewhere like Apple, if you listen on Apple podcasts or whatever, like if somewhere that they allow you to leave a review, that is super helpful. And again, I just really appreciate anything you guys do to, to just kind of support this channel and the show. It's awesome. You guys are amazing. So, yeah, well, I wanted to just tell you really quick about why I do this, why I started doing this in the first place. I started podcasting about 2 years ago. I have another show um called The Simple Power Podcast that I started in 2019. The idea for that podcast was sparked by a book that I wrote called Simple Power: Learning to Draw from the Supernatural Resources of Heaven. This is not a plug for my book or anything like that, but That's what that podcast was birthed out of. It was this desire to just kind of teach things and impart things to just help God's people recognize how simple it is and natural it is to experience God's presence and power, to experience even a supernatural lifestyle in daily living as part of the normal Christian life. Because I believe with all of my heart that that's what Jesus came to model and demonstrate for us. And so there's, uh, I started to really develop a lot of passion, especially over the past couple of years in my life to teach people those kinds of principles, things to help you grow in the area of experiencing God's presence and power. And so I started putting out a lot of content about that. And uh, in the process of doing that podcast and episode 99 just uh, went out today, actually. So it's been just about two years I was able to do a handful of interviews. I got some people on and had some cool conversations. And I realized how much I really enjoy the interview format. I really enjoy sitting down with somebody. But here's what I really discovered is that I really enjoy long form interviews. You know, and on that podcast, I always felt like I was a little bit limited. I still I still love that that podcast. And I'd recommend you checking it out for sort of shorter nuggets of truth 1520 minutes. Or so but I always felt like I was limited, like I had, a, you know, I was trying to keep them short and I was trying to keep the the content in a in a really particular vein, you know, related to God's presence and power. And so I discovered there were like interviews that I wanted to have and conversations I wanted to have that I couldn't really do on that uh, platform because it just wasn't the right context and context. And I didn't want to go too far outside of that. So anyway, that's what this show is all about. This is really just laid back conversations with leaders in the body of Christ. So we talk a lot about Jesus. We talk a lot about stuff that really is important to me. We get into stuff that's just sort of if you know me, you know, the kind of stuff that I really love to teach about that I'm passionate about. I talk a lot about hearing God's voice and being led by the spirit and uh, just growing and and worship and stuff like that. And so a lot of that stuff just naturally comes out because of the a lot of the people that i'm talking to but uh, we've also talked about we talk about business and entrepreneurship we talk about fitness and health and and different things like that and so this is really just sort of a stream of consciousness kind of a thing they're very unscripted i very rarely even talk to the person before we sit down to have this conversation we do these conversations live and i do them live For a couple of reasons (laughs) but uh the main reason that i do them live is because i really like the honesty of it and by the way i don't do any editing or anything like that i mean if if the audio i've had a couple little audio glitches where the the guest was super quiet and i was louder and you know just kind of figuring things out as we go here where i've had to make some adjustments like that but i'm not editing in terms i'm not cutting any content i'm not making it sound like i said something i didn't say if i say something stupid or when i say stupid things like i just leave them in there. Uh, because I just really like the the honesty of that. And um, as this show grows, and I believe that it will, I want people to be able to trust that the content that's being produced is not not doctored or altered or anything like that. So if I have a guest on that thinks differently than I do and says something differently than I than I expected them to say or something like that, I'm not doctoring that to try to change what they said uh, to try to fit my theology or something like that. So there may be some times here in the future where we've got to wade through some of those things together. And I just think it's going to be cool. But um anyway, I just really like the honesty of that. I also love the fact that I don't have to do a whole lot of post-production kind of stuff because that gets really, really tedious and doing these twice a week. And I do in the future plan to expand to three times a week after I really get the Get the feel for it. Um, the The scheduling is the most difficult thing; is is constantly being scheduled out in advance. And then, of course, we have things like what happened today, where uh, unfortunately my guest uh, had to reschedule. But we're going to figure all that out, and it's going to be good. And uh, I again, I just really appreciate you guys taking the time to be here. My my well, let me just tell you again. My goal with this podcast is to have these laid back conversations with leaders in the Body of Christ. I like to do them long form. Um, unscripted, because I want you to be able to get to know the person. I want you to get to know you know their heart and their message and what they're passionate about uh, we we laugh a lot and we joke around and we do things like that because I think that it creates a good, comfortable atmosphere, and it really opens that door for learning and so that's that's my heart that's why I do this the way that I do it and um, yeah, I want to talk about something today um but just before we do that uh, let me let me mention here as well i'm actually going to pull something up on the screen here if i can remember how to do it uh, if you're listening obviously you're not going to see this <laughs> I, I probably didn't need to say that that's uh, obvious that's that's the most obvious thing i've probably ever said but anyway i'm going to pull something up on the screen for anybody watching this live or checking it out later Um, I just want to let you know, I'm going to be teaching uh, this online course called Introduction to a Life of Miracles. It's going to be a six week course. It's going to go. uh, We're going to be on Zoom. there are going to be Zoom sessions online. So it doesn't matter where you are, what part of the country you're in. You can even be in other countries around the world. Um, I know I have some folks joining me from uh, different nations in Africa and some other parts around the world. So it's going to be cool. I'm excited about it. It's a six week course. It's going to kick off on September the 7th, which is a Tuesday. The classes will run at 7 p.m. Central Daylight Time. And the course is called Introduction to a Life of Miracles. And my goal here is to really just teach some simple, practical things that are going to help you to grow and experience God's presence and power in your life. And it's really a crash course course on living a supernatural lifestyle. And let me just say, I'm gonna get into some stuff on identity, some stuff about changing the way that we think so that we can actually think the way that God thinks and actually getting down really deep into the root of some of our, our thought processes and how we can actually uh, change our belief system. So when we recognize that we have beliefs that are actually governing our life and that are holding us back from experiencing the fullness of what God has for us, then uh, we've got to be able to change those things. So I'm going to talk about some really practical ways to do that and to really adjust our thinking and our mindset so that we can think from a kingdom-minded perspective. Because when we do that, when we have a ki- when we have kingdom mindedness and we're Christ conscious and we think the way that he thinks, then the supernatural actually becomes normal. It becomes logical. Like doing the impossible actually becomes logical. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense to, a, to a, uh, the earthly mind to go into impossible situations on purpose because they're impossible and they can't be changed, right? Because they that's what impossible means. But when you're kingdom-minded, when you're heavenly-minded, when you think the way that God thinks, you see an impossible situation and then you recognize that, you know what, this is just another opportunity to see the goodness and the and the power of God put on display for the world to see. And so anyway, we're going to talk about some of that stuff and more in Introduction to a Life of Miracles. Ah uh, where can you sign up it says there you can register on Facebook that's the church Facebook page, but actually I just posted this earlier today on my personal Facebook page, which is there in the corner of the screen at DK LaMastra. You can check it out there and you'll see a link where you can register there. So anyway, just want to point that out, not selling anything. It's totally free. All are welcome to attend, but you do have to register so that you can get the zoom link and the info and join us on Tuesday nights in September, starting on September the 7th. All right. I think that's all the preliminary stuff I wanted to go over. I want to, I'm going to teach you a little bit, if that's okay. And if uh, you want to stick around, that's awesome. If you don't want to stick around, that's okay too. <laughs> I hope you'll stick around. And if and if you find that this is blessing you, if it's adding any value to your life, if you feel like I'm talking about something that's that's worth sharing, then if you would just hit the share button and share this with somebody, share it out, or you even post it on your on your uh, own social media or something like that, so that we can get some other people involved here. That would be awesome. But of course, that's completely up to you. I just wanna talk a little bit about, we've actually been going through this series in our church for a long time now, for several weeks now, on knowing God. And one of the things that was that's really been on my heart throughout this process is, what happens when we become too familiar with God? I mean, what happens when you become too familiar with anybody? So like, I'm married and, I can get to a point in my relationship with my wife where I just become very, very familiar. I think there's a certain aspect of that that's normal, but I'm not talking about familiar in terms of we know each other well. I'm talking about familiar. When I'm using the word familiar, I'm using it in the negative sense where you become so familiar with somebody that you actually lose the ability to dr- to glean from that person you lose some of your the value that you place on that person or on that relationship or even on what that person is able to do in terms of speaking into your life if i'm too familiar with somebody then i'm not going to give them the honor that they really deserve you know paul says something he says not to know any man according to the flesh but to know people to know our brothers and sisters in christ according to the spirit I think that that is so important because if I just know you based on the flesh, then I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to focus on all of your flaws. I'm going to focus on all the things that I disagree with about you or I'm going to focus on all of the things that I love about you, that I agree with about you. And then what happens is if I'm only relating to people according to the flesh, then what I'm going to automatically do is I'm going to be drawn to people that think like I think, that look the way that I look even, that have the same kinds of values and have the same kinds of just different things like this. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be drawn to those people. And I'm going to, on a subconscious level, I'm going to show them more honor than i would show to somebody else who has a difference of opinion and that is happening today amplified by 80 billion times like it's so difficult today for you know if you just look at especially mainstream media but you look all over the place people are so afraid today to relate to people that have differences in ideology, that have differences in beliefs. But look at what Jesus did in the Bible. He wasn't afraid to get face to face with people that had a clearly different understanding of truth and had a different ideology and different way of life than he did. He actively went out of his way to spend time with people who society looked at and the religious community looked at as less than but but Jesus went out of his way to spend time with those people to fellowship with those people to eat with them to to like that was an intimate thing when you went to somebody's house to eat with them now that's a really intimate thing today because that doesn't really happen a whole lot anymore but like Jesus would go to the people and they were the thing about it is that they were drawn to him they were drawn to the authenticity of who he was Because he wasn't all caught up on the fact that they were stuck. He wasn't all caught up on the things that made them, quote unquote, less than in the eyes of the religious community. Jesus didn't have that. You know, what it really comes down to, I think, so often is insecurity. When we are driven by our own insecurities, then we'll automatically search after people and seek to only spend time with people that are going to tell us things that we want to hear. And I'm just, in the kingdom, we're called to more than that. We're called to something higher than that. It's not difficult at all for me to show honor to someone who agrees with me all the time. It's really easy. I don't even have to like the person. I just have to like the the me that I see in that person. I don't. It's it's really easy. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't. Of course, we should honor them as well. But we've also got to learn to honor people that. Think differently than us and that act differently than us and that may not have it all together, God forbid, you know, we've got to learn to honor people on every level, even, even when, look, here's the deal. Every person deserves to be valued. Every person deserves honor. Now, they might not deserve it on the basis of what they've done and on the basis of the actions that they take and stuff like that. But as an image bearer of God, as one created in the image of God, then yeah, we're required to show and demonstrate honor and respect. Not even, not, again, not even because of them, but because of who we are, because of who we are as children of the Most High God. And so I think I went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but when we become overly familiar with people in our lives, we lose the ability to learn from them. We lose the ability to receive from them. And we really lose the ability to bless them and to honor them in the right way. And we can give lip service, but our heart might not be in it. Let me give you an example. Like, So I've been married for 13 years. My wife and I, we know each other really well and we spend a lot of time together and we still love spending time together, but we can get to a point in our lives and it happens sometimes when we get really, really, really busy. Like for anybody who works in a church setting, in a ministry setting, you know, you know, you probably have lulls, highs and lulls, you have ups and downs, you have times where you're really, really busy. And so we can have seasons where there's a lot going on or it's crunch time for a big event or something like that. And we've got three weeks or four weeks where it's just like going all the time. There's not a whole lot of time for, for rest and stopping and smelling the roses and stuff like that. And so we uh, like, I've, I've found with myself that I can really get into this mindset where my relationship with my wife even becomes more, it becomes more transactional than personal. Becomes more about the stuff that we've got to get done and the stuff that we need from each other and the stuff that, you know, did you remember to do this? Did you do this? And just, you know, taking care of the kids and all the stuff that we do. And we can actually push the importance of the intimacy of, of relationship and just knowing each other and enjoying each other. We can push that to the side or put it on the back burner for a time until we get through the stuff that in that moment we think is more important. How often do we do that with God? I mean, thinking that the stuff that we're doing for God is what matters the most. The stuff that we're doing for God, in terms of whether it's ministry, whether it's business, whatever it is that you're doing, but the things that we're doing for God, so often we push those things to the forefront and we think that those things are more important. And the truth is that they are not. (laughs) The truth is that nothing is more important than continuing to, to cultivate your relationship with God continuing to grow with him because that's where everything comes from that place of intimacy that secret place of knowing God that's where the power and the strength for ministry for longevity in ministry for fruitfulness in ministry or and and not not just ministry but business and just life in general as well for our relationship it's where that stuff comes from right and so when we when we become too familiar with God To the point that we forget how amazing he is and how awesome he is and we forget about actually growing in our relationship and our knowledge of him every single day. And we just sort of begin to rely on the stuff that we've known, the stuff that we've have experienced, the stuff that other people have told us. The religious things that we do, and I I use that term loosely, but the things that we do in terms of our routine, we can get really caught up on those kinds of things and really begin to miss out on the life-giving nature, the life-giving power of walking in closeness and intimacy with God. Uh, I should just mention this something that I that I teach a lot that I really believe is that we are always close to God. We're never far from him because he lives within us. Like you can't get any closer than that. But it's one thing to just in, be living in that reality that he's within me, that you know, I'm in Christ and Christ is in me and all of that. It's, it's one thing for that to you know, that's always there. That that's always existent, but it's another thing for me to live consciously aware of his presence that I carry with me everywhere that I go. And so I can really start to, you know, I think some of the symptoms of overfamiliarity with God are when we start to get fearful all the time. When we start to live in anxiety, when worry begins to take over and even really any kind of negative emotion like that when we when we're constantly getting frustrated when we're constantly getting angry with people when we're constantly feeling defeated like when we're when we're living defeated when we're living with less than than what Christ did for us what he accomplished for us when we're living like stationary and stagnated and unable to move forward and advance. And when, when we when we start to believe lies of the enemy and the lies that other people tell us, and we start to live from like counterfeits, we start to live from other realities and paradigms that don't match up with the reality of who Christ is. When we start to do those things, that's a symptom that might, it might be an indicator that you've just gotten to a place in your relationship with god where you're just over overly familiar with him like oh yeah god's god's always there i can always go to him when i need him you know maybe there's this attitude even that's like oh yeah i already know that you don't have to tell me that i already know that you don't have to teach me that i don't need to listen to that i already know i already know i already know like okay yeah you know like you know it as knowledge but here's the thing um, knowledge puffs up but love edifies knowledge puffs up in other words knowledge gives you the appearance that there's more there than what's really there but that's not what we need at the end of the day and there's nothing wrong with knowledge knowledge is great but it's the love relationship with jesus that is going to cause you to grow and to be strengthened and to be strong and to have what you need. And so, you no know let me let me do something here cuz I haven't read any scripture yet. I want to read something in um Mark chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6 and I'm actually let me pull this up on the screen for you. Actually, let me do this. Forgot to do this. Let me set this up and I'm pull this up on the screen for those of you that are following along so you can see it. And all right, let's do it this way. All right. So Mark chapter six, verses one through six. And I want to give you an example of some people that became overly familiar with Jesus to the point that they were unable to receive from him. They were unable to receive what he had to give them. And so they missed out. They missed out on something really potentially explosive that could have happened in their lives. But In Mark chapter 6, and actually you'll find this exact same account in Matthew chapter 13 verses 58, excuse me, 53 through 58. Uh, But I'm going to read it from Mark's account. Mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 6. But Jesus said to them, a prophet. Oh, wait, did I? Nope, sorry. That's not the right slide. Here we go. Sorry about that. Okay. Verse 1. Why did it just go back? All right. We got it now, I think. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his pa- by his hands? So check this out. First of all, it says that Jesus was in his own country. He was in the place where everybody pretty much knew who he was we're going to see that in the next verse. They knew who he was. They knew about him. They had seen him grow up. They had seen, uh, they, they had just, they had seen him all of his life. And so he was in a place where people had grown familiar with who he was. You know, we know that to be true. Like if you ever, especially if you ever maybe grew up in a, in a church setting or something like that, people knew you, the people that had been there the whole time, like they knew you, they saw you grow up. And then, so when you become, an adult, a lot of their image of you, maybe you've noticed it, maybe you haven't, but sometimes it happens where a lot of their image of you is actually shaped, or we could even say, clouded by the stuff that they've that they've known about you. You know, maybe you used to cause trouble at the church or something like that, or whatever. Uh, but you know, I think that we have the tendency to, or I could say, the greatest danger that we have in terms of developing familiarity is with those that are closest to us. That's where we have the most susceptibility to becoming overly familiar with the people that are closest to us. But so often God is actually wanting to use the people that are closest to you to speak to you, to minister to you, to give you understanding and revelation and stuff like that. God God will definitely speak to you personally, but he's also really interested in relationship. Like he really is. He's, he's really interested in our relationships with other people. And he wants us to grow in that. He wants us to be able to receive from one another as well. And there are some things that God wants to do in your life, reveal to you. And he's like placed them within these vessels called other people (laughs) that, uh, you know, sometimes they're people that rub you the wrong way. Sometimes they're people that you've become too close to or too familiar with to actually draw from and receive what God is wanting to do through them. So anyway, but there's these people that they grew up. They, they knew Jesus. They had seen him grow up. They were from the same town. And so he gets up and he starts to speak. And they were astonished. Those that were hearing him were astonished. They were looking at him like, this wisdom that's coming from this guy, this is amazing. Who is this man? They they had seen the mighty works that he had done, the miracles that he had done. And they're like, oh, there's something different about this guy. And they were on the brink of, of of just a a, a potential life-changing, life-altering experience in the presence of God where they were recognizing, you know what, this guy has the words of life. This guy is speaking in a way that we've never heard before. We would hear other accounts throughout the Gospels of, you know, Jesus, when he taught in the synagogue, he would speak with authority and not as the scribes and the Pharisees. You see, they were used to the way that other religious leaders would get up and speak but when Jesus got up and spoke, they realized, you know, what, there's something different about him. Who is this man? What is this wisdom coming forth from him? How is he doing these amazing signs and these wonders and putting the power of God on display? Who is this guy? And so they were there on the, on the brink of an experience of entering into a kingdom mindedness. But then let's keep reading. Let's look at verse three. They started to ask some other questions. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Josephs, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. So they're in this place where they're seeing how... Um, amazing. He is the authority that he's speaking with, the words of wisdom and life that are coming from his mouth as he's opening up the scriptures to them. They're recognizing that there's something different about him. And then the conversation changes and it's, oh, you know what? Yeah, no, this isn't anybody special. It, that must have just been us, you know, our crazy minds. this This isn't anybody special. That's just Jesus. He's just that, that carpenter's son. Yeah, we know his mom. His mom is Mary. His dad is Joseph. We know his brothers. You know He's from that family. They've got some you know problems going on in that family. You know, we're not, we're not uh, th- this isn't what we thought it was. And so it says that they started to recognize who he was. They started to recognize the familiarity. Oh yeah, that's just the carpenter's son. And it actually says that they were offended at him. Let's keep reading. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid... uh, I lost my place. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Okay, so... Here's the deal. We'll maybe come back to some more slides in a minute, but here's the deal. Like, let me mention this. There's um, the the famous English poet Chaucer. He he once wrote, um, "Familiarity breeds contempt." Familiarity breeds contempt, and what that means is that when you become too close to somebody, you can't receive from them anymore, and so. You know, maybe there's somebody that you've looked up to from a distance. But then, if you spend too much time with that person, you start to see the things like this person's actually not living up to their reputation or who I thought they were. I've seen this person make too many mistakes. I've seen this person, you know, slip up too many times. And so you can start to develop a contempt. In other words, you lose respect for that person you lose admiration for that person because you're too close to them you know i've heard it say and uh i it's it's definitely not true in every circumstance but i've heard it i've heard it said by many many people you know don't ever meet your heroes because they're going to disappoint you they're going to let you down and <laughs> you know what there's some truth to that like you know i i think uh one of the biggest problems that we have especially in church settings is you know i think we can get caught up in the like the sort of celebrity culture of ministers. And ultimately, you know, they're, they're just men and women. You know, they're men and women of God, but they're not perfect. And so what happens is people become disillusioned and people actually walk away from the faith because they put so much faith in a person. We're never supposed to put our faith in another individual. Our faith is always supposed to be in God. We can Honor people, we can admire people, we can even seek to emulate people and say, you know what, I really love the way this person ministers, I really love the way this person loves on people, I really love the way this person runs their business, I really love the way this person takes care of his family. And we can say, you know what, I I like that, I want to develop those same principles in my life, that's great. But when I start to put my faith in another human being, then what's going to happen is inevitably that person is not going to be perfect and that person's going to let me down. And a lot of people fall away from the faith, have fallen away from the faith because they put their confidence in a human person that then fell or failed in some way or failed them or didn't live up to their expectations. And then they somehow related that to God and walked away from the faith. You know what? Their faith was in the wrong place to begin with. And so that's not good. We shouldn't do that. But familiarity, Chaucer said, breeds contempt. When we develop too much of a f- over-familiarity with somebody, we begin to lose respect for that person. But I want to take it a step further based on what this passage of Scripture that we just read said. It said that he marveled because of their unbelief. And if you want to check it out later from Matthew chapter 13, in, in verse 58, again, it's the same account. It's just worded slightly differently. It actually says that he couldn't do any work, any, any mighty work there because of their unbelief. So here's what I want to say. Familiarity with God doesn't just breed contempt. It breeds unbelief. It breeds unbelief. And unbelief will stagnate you. Unbelief will cause you to stay outside of the reality of what Jesus has accomplished for you. Unbelief will cause you to... You know, a really good passage of scripture on on unbelief and belief would be Hebrews chapters three and four. And it really talks about how the children of Israel, they were not able to enter God's rest because of unbelief. Now, let's just think about the implications of that for just a minute. They were unable to enter the rest of God because of their unbelief. Let me just tell you, rest is a reality that is constant that is always open for you there is always an invitation open for you to rest in the lord to have that confidence in god to 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 recognize that your confidence is in the finished works of jesus christ not in your abilities not in what you can do on your own to try to advance or succeed or anything like that but when your confidence is in what jesus has already accomplished for you that's called living from a state of rest But unbelief wars against that. Unbelief will cause you to stay outside of rest. And so that's why it leads to all of this other stuff like fear and frustration and worry and anxiety and spinning your wheels and staying stagnated and missing out on the fullness of what Christ has accomplished for you. That's where familiarity goes. Why? Because... When we stop recognizing how amazing and awesome God is, when we lose that sort of childlike wonder at who God is, when we forget about what he's done for us, when we forget about how awesome he is, when we forget about his finished works, when we forget about how faithful he is, when we don't keep these things in front of us in the forefront of our mind and we allow the circumstances of life to then occupy that space in our thought life, then we become familiar and we stop and we stop recognizing how near he is and how close he is and how much bigger he is than our problems and our circumstances. And so when those problems and circumstances arises, those things look bigger to us than they actually are. They look bigger to us than God's faithfulness looks. And it's a problem. It's called overfamiliarity, and it breeds contempt, but it doesn't stop there. It breeds unbelief. It leads us down this path where we stop believing God to come through, and we stop believing God to do amazing, wonderful, awesome, supernatural things for us. So uh, where do I want to go next? One of the things that I think, you know, probably in the church we or in the body of Christ, we talk about a lot, but i I don't think we actually really pay attention to what it actually means are like there's places in the Bible that say some really incredible things. like ephesians two six says that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's a pretty cool verse. um colossians one twenty seven says, that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Said so the Bible talks over and over again about how we're in Christ, how Christ is in us. I mean, we have so many beautiful, amazing scriptures, but if we just keep them in this place of, uh, yeah, that's just like this spiritual thing. That's just this. Uh, that's just something that I sing about in worship songs. That's just something that the Bible says. But I don't actually allow it to become the reality of my life. And I don't actually allow it to form my thought processes and my belief system. I don't allow it to get to that point where it's rooted and grounded within me and becomes part of my belief system that actually governs the way that I live life and the way that I make decisions and the way that I pray and the way that I worship and the way that I interact with other people and the way that I go after the plan and the calling of God for my life and, you know, the way that I. Uh, treat other people and the way that I behave, like if I don't allow it to actually impact my life, then it just remains this sort of spiritual truth that doesn't really at the end of the day have any effect on me other than it gives me some cool fodder. You know, it gives me some cool words when I'm singing worship songs. But like, here's the thing. So Colossians 127, for example, let me take that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Did you know that, okay, so Jesus lives in you. He, Jesus lives in us by way of the Holy Spirit. And again, we can look at that as something and say, yeah, you know what? That's like so much bigger than, like that's so, so far above my ability to comprehend that I could just not even think about it, forget about it, not, not allow it to actually impact my life. I think we do that with a lot of biblical truth. I think we do that with a lot of familiar passages of scripture. You know, I know for me that there's certain passages of scripture that I've been reading my entire life that I've had memorized since I was a kid, and like I I don't allow them to impact me because they're so close because they're so familiar. You know, it wasn't until recently, like I I started becoming intentional about going back to certain passages of scripture that I memorized when I, I started memorizing scripture when I was five years old because I went to a Christian school. So. <laughs> I uh like Psalm one was the first passage of scripture that I ever memorized all six verses. I memorized it and it never impacted my life on any level until within the past few years because I actually made I, I became intentional about, you know what? I want to study this and I want to get to the bottom of it. I had to fight. Let me just tell you, I had to fight against familiarity with that passage of scripture. And now it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite passages to teach out of. And it's really impacted my life. And there's so much truth there in life that I've, that I've gotten out of it. But I knew those verses for like 25 years by heart, by memory. I never forgot them. I knew them for 25 years before I actually knew what they meant. Because they were so close to me that I never even thought about taking the time to Get into them and understand, God, what are you actually saying to me through this? And when a truth is so close to us that we can't really see it for what it is, or that we don't allow God to actually speak to us through it, or when a person is so close to us that we don't allow God to actually speak through that person, then we miss out on life. We miss out on something that God is wanting to do. So just like Christ lives in you, and that's the hope of glory. Like, there are people around you who need hope. And the Jesus in you, the the presence of God that you carry, is the hope that they need. So we can forget about things like this. And we can just get caught up or stuck in the mundanity of life and not allow the reality of these truths to actually impact our lives, and therefore, we don't get to have that impact on other people that we could have. Ephesians three nineteen says, and and it's just um, uh, sort of a continuation of some other verses that were read. Uh, excuse me, some other verses before that. Well, let me let me just read them to give you some context. I'll do that. We've got time. Um, Ephesians chapter three. I'm going to start at verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and depth, uh, excuse me, width and length and depth and height. Verse 19, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. So here's the thing. By design, Christ actually lives in you, right? We 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 talked about that. By design, Christ lives in you. Christ lives through you, but the interesting thing is that His life will only shine through you to the extent to the extent that you allow His love to actually transform you. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. I can know all about the love of Christ all day long. Yeah, I know that already. I know that God loves me. I know that Jesus, I can know all about that all, the, all day long. But the love of Christ actually passes knowledge. It goes beyond knowledge. Again, knowledge is great. There's nothing wrong with knowledge. You should get more knowledge. That's biblical. But when all we have is head knowledge, when all we have is knowledge about God, but it doesn't result in a transformation of heart because we've received his love, we've allowed his love to bring that change and transformation into us because we're in intimate relationship with him, then what happens? We end up in this familiar place where all we've got is head knowledge about God, but we haven't allowed it to bring transformation into our lives. And so, well, on the uh, first of all, we don't get to experience as much. But then second of all, we actually lose a lot of our ability to be an impact to others around us because we don't allow the light of who God is to shine through us. And here's the thing when it comes to knowing God when it comes to walking with him and when it comes to intimacy and when it comes to knowing God more like there is always always more there's always more there's always more that he wants to show you there's always more that he wants to reveal to you there's always greater un- there's always greater depth there's always greater revelation he wants to reveal himself to you and um let me uh, let me read one more verse to you here, or, or a couple of verses in Second Corinthians chapter four. Um, let's see. I think I have this one actually, so I can pull this one up on the screen as well. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses six and seven. It says, "For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts." To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god in the face of jesus christ and it keeps going but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of god and not of us so look it is the god who commanded light to shine out of darkness when did that happen what happened in genesis chapter 1 god said let there be light and light was god created this world that we see. God created everything in it. He put the stars in the sky. He created the animals. He created the vegetation. He separated the water from the earth. And he separated the light from the darkness. And he did all these amazing things. The really cool thing is that God didn't create, I think it was like on the fourth day when he actually created the sun, but he spoke light into existence from the very beginning. (laughs) Like it was the first thing he did. God said, let there be light and light was. The actual literal translation is light be and light already was. And so, um, but it wasn't until later on that he actually created the sun and the actual things that give us light nowadays. So figure that one out. God's God's awesome. God's God's beyond all that. God's beyond time. God's beyond all of the stuff that we see. It reflects his beauty. It reflects his glory. It points to how awesome and creative and wonderful and powerful he is. But he's above all of it. And so that same God who commanded light to shine out of darkness all the way back at the beginning, it says here that he has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And when we talk about the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. We're really talking there about revelation. Light is has the illumination of God's word, of God's presence, of, of who God is, the Holy Spirit is always desiring to bring us deeper into our understanding of who Jesus is. He's always pointing us to Jesus. And let me tell you, there's always more. Let me tell you, like even in your relationships with people, there's always more. If Let me talk to people that are married for just a second. You know if you're if you're in your relationship with your spouse and you're feeling like it's stale, like it's old, like it's stagnated, I don't want to say um I don't want to say shame on you because I don't believe in that. I believe in shame off of you because I don't think that shame is uh I don't God doesn't want us to live in shame for anything. But like If you're at the point in your marriage, because I know that a lot of people get there, like at the beginning, everything was beautiful and it was wonderful and you were writing notes to each other and you were singing each other's praises and you were saying such beautiful things to one another and expressing your love so much and just pursuing and going out of your way and doing these amazing things. And then you get like some years in and life takes over and you maybe you have children and you have jobs and you have busyness and you have relatives and in-laws and you have all kinds of things. Maybe you have problems. Maybe there's financial issues. Maybe there's health issues. Maybe there's whatever. There's all these problems that happen and life just kind of takes over and comes to the forefront to the point that familiarity develops between you and that person. And now you no longer do those things that you used to do, saying the things that you used to say. You know, going out of your way to demonstrate your love and affection for that person like you used to. And here's the thing, like people will say things like, well, yeah, you know, I don't do those things anymore because I don't feel them anymore. You know, I don't do those things anymore. I don't say the things that I used to say. I don't build my spouse up the way that I used to. And I don't do the letter writing all that stuff anymore because I just don't feel it anymore. And I always say the same thing. You know what? I think that you got it completely backwards. I think that you don't feel those things anymore, that you that you don't have that passion anymore because you stopped doing the things because you stopped saying the words, because you stopped affirming and building up your spouse, because that person that you chose to spend your life with, you may you you somehow distance yourself in your heart. and 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 again, not probably completely unintentionally but you stopped saying the things you stopped building that person up you stopped doing the things and so now you don't feel like it you don't feel like that's the reality anymore but look let me just in, let me just tell you if you would just start to pursue your spouse again like you used to, if you would start to speak life over that relationship like you used to and build up and affirm that person like you like you used to, I'm just saying that something might shift, something might change, something might take over. The words that you speak are so much more powerful than you realize. But I think that we We forget about so many things that we get to a point of familiarity with so many people and things in our lives and our relationship with God and scripture and all kinds of, all kinds of things. We get to a point in our lives where we stop speaking the way that we used to. We stop confessing the way that we used to. We stop declaring the, the way that we used to. We stop going out of our way and pursuing the way that we used to. And so we end up in this place of familiarity where our heart just isn't in it anymore. And you know what? We, we've actually got to learn how to take some responsibility for this stuff because God's not going to do everything for you. He already did everything for you, by the way. He already accomplished for you everything that you will ever need. But this is a relationship. This is a relationship. And if you want more of him, he's not going to give you stuff that you're not ready for. Now, I now, use balance with what I just said. Just use balance with what I just said. Because there's a lot of times where he'll move us in a direction where we don't feel ready. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying if you are not in a position spiritually to understand the revelation that he's giving you, then he has no reason to give you that because it's going to hurt you. It's going to cause you to develop contempt. It's not it's not going to it's not going to help you advance. And he only ever (laughs) always does what's best for his sons and his daughters. But the same God who created the universe, who created everything that we see, that same God lives inside of us. That same God, the all-powerful one who's seated on his throne in absolute power and authority and victory. He's already done everything for us because he loved us that much. That same God is now shining in our hearts the revelation knowledge of Jesus Christ because he's always desiring to bring us into a deeper place of understanding, of revelation, of life and growth because he loves us that much and because he always has something that's better for us. I'm telling you, there is always more to discover. I don't care how many years, how long you've been pursuing God, how much time you've spent in church and reading the Bible. I don't care if you've got this thing memorized. There is always more to discover. And the moment that we lose that childlikeness that pushes us to discover more of who God is, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2 that says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. And by the way, you are a king, (laughs) if I could say that. You are royalty. You are a member of the royal lineage of the family of God, of the household of God. You are a king's kid. You are royalty. It is your glory. It is part of your identity of who you are to be constantly discovering more and more of who God is. God doesn't just, he, okay, in one sense, God through Christ has made everything available to us. But in another sense, there's a searching out that is necessary because it's in that process of searching. It's in that process of going through that that discovery with God that we actually become equipped to handle the revelation that he's giving to us. It's the glory of kings to search out a matter. There's something incredible that happens when you discover more of who God is. There's something that happens on the inside of the human heart that just overflows when you know what it's like to get new revelation. You know what it's like to be impacted by something in scripture that maybe you've read a thousand times before, but then all of a sudden light comes on it, life comes on it, and it speaks to you. God speaks to you through it like never before. You know what it's like when you're listening to somebody talk and all of a sudden it's like God is singling you out and talking directly to you. And there's that revelation knowledge that begins to flow. There's something on the inside of you that leaps because it's God being revealed in you. That same God that that spoke into darkness and said, light be, and light already was. That same God is shining the light of the knowledge of who Jesus is in your heart. And I I love what that verse says. Let me see if I can pull it up again real quick. Um, The end of that verse says, uh, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. By the way, I hope this is making sense, (laughs) but we stand, for for anybody who is uh, born again, who's got a relationship with God, with Jesus, we stand every single moment of our lives face to face with Jesus. I can say that because the veil has been removed. I can say that because actually just one chapter back in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 16, it actually says that when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. It doesn't say when one gets their life completely in order. It doesn't say when one gets all the sin issues out of their life, the veil is taken. No, it says when one turns to the Lord. When did you turn to the Lord? At the moment of your salvation, when you chose to give your life to him, that veil of separation we could even call it darkness if you want. That veil was removed. That veil was moved out of the way. It was ripped away from you. And you do not live behind that veil anymore. I think that we sometimes have a mentality that we're living behind some kind of a veil. But, it's, but we're not. We're not. You stand face to face with your King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You stand face to face with Jesus but again it's one thing to just know that or hear that or talk about that or sing about that it's another thing to actually live in the awareness of that and so let me uh, i'm going to get ready to to wrap this up it's almost going on an hour here i um something that has been so helpful to me in my life has really just been learning to become intentional and just becoming aware of god's presence and so like I might be going through my day and let me just, for an example, let's let's just say, you know, I might be dealing with something that's difficult. I I might uh, have something or maybe I'm just real busy or something's going on in my mind and I'm frustrated or whatever it might be. I'm obviously, I'm, I'm nowhere near perfect at this. and I've got a lot of growing to do, but what I'm learning to do is to pause and to stop for a second and to just become aware of the presence of God. Because, again, he lives inside of you. He's as close, like he's closer than you realize he is. You don't have to do any kind of spiritual dance to get God to be close to you. You don't have to say the right words to get God to be close to you. He's there. And so it's living in the confidence that he is there, that he's with you that he loves you, that he accepts you, that even if you just sinned and just messed up, he still accepts you and he's still there. He doesn't leave just because you screwed up, all right? He's with you, he's in you, he's close to you. And so just learning to become aware and take a moment and pause and just to say, all right, Lord, I just, I recognize your presence. I thank you that you're with me. And what I do is I like to actually just have a, uh, I could—I don't know if I call it picturing, so then I don't actually try to picture what it looks like. But I just think about the face of God. You know, the Bible talks about, especially throughout the Old Testament, it talks a lot about. It talks about even that verse we just read, the face of Jesus Christ. But in the Old Testament, it talks about how the face of God, the light of God's face, the favor of God's face, the light of His countenance shining down on us. So I become aware of, I I just make a conscious decision in my mind to become aware. You know what, God, I just, I just recognize that your face is shining on me right now. That you're looking on me with delight. You're looking on me in satisfaction. Even if I just messed up, if I just screwed up, God, I thank you that you're looking on me with delight because you delight in me. Like it's reality. And so. Well, the interesting thing is that in both the Old and New Testament, the word presence is actually the word face. The face of God is the presence of God. And so just becoming aware of his presence, however that works for you. I'm just telling you the way that it's worked for me. I just, I just become aware, God, I thank you that your face is shining down on me. I thank you that you're looking on me and that you're delighted in who I am. You're excited about who I am. You know, just becoming aware like he's not distant from you. He's not separated from you. He doesn't leave you because you messed up. Nothing separates you from God, not even your sin. Now we can distance ourselves in our minds and we can think that God is far from us. And so, you know, we, we, we feel that, but it's not the reality of what Christ has accomplished for you. He already paid all of the price in full for all of your mistakes and mess ups. So he's not scandalized when you sin and he's not afraid of being close to you when you sin. He's not like a lot of people are who are um, religiously insecure and so draw back from people that have messed up or made a mistake or said something wrong on social media, God forbid, right? Like he's not, he's not afraid of that stigma. (laughs) He's not afraid of being close to you. He's not afraid of identifying with you. He loves you perfectly. By the way, he already knew you were going to screw up before you did it. So, you know, like, let's let some of that stuff go. And I think that we can learn to be more conscious of his presence and to really begin to enjoy his presence. Like, if you think that God's mad at you, you're not going to enjoy talking to him. You're not going to enjoy prayer time. You're not going to enjoy worship. If you think that you're doing it to try to get his favor and get his approval – It's not going to be enjoyable. It's going to burn you out. It's going to be frustrating. You're going to get sick of it. But if you know that you're in this relationship with him, where it's his desire to shine his light into your heart, to reveal himself to you more and more, because he wants you to know him. He wants you to walk more closely with him because he loves you that much. I mean, this is the most enjoyable thing in the world when we don't allow the lies of the enemy to distract us from the life and the reality of what it really is all about so yeah man fighting against familiarity sometimes we've got to fight against it sometimes we've just got to become intentional and to recognize you know and and, and again i would go back to some of those things if you find yourself walking around and you're worried all the time you find yourself getting confused a lot not sure what god is saying and how he's leading you and you know anger, frustration, if you're feeling like you're defeated, like you're living from lies of the enemy, like you're living condemned. And to me, those are always signals that we need to become more in touch with who God is. Because the less in touch we are with who God is, the more we're going to allow lies of the enemy to flood our thinking and consume our thought life. So yeah, I just want to encourage you if you find yourself dealing with any of that, make it a conscious decision, become intentional about fighting against that familiarity and saying, you know what, God, maybe I've I've allowed you or maybe I've moved you into this place in my heart where. You're just the one that I go to when I have a problem, or you're just the one that I go to on Sunday morning, or you're just the one that I go to for those five minutes before I go to bed at night, or you're just the one that I go to for whatever. You know, if you've put God into or <laughs> attempted to put God into a box in your life and compartmentalize him into a specific area of your life, like just, uh, he wants to be involved in every part of of your life and who you are, the intricacies of your life, because it matters to him. And so I really just wanted to encourage you and maybe even challenge you. Um, we can really miss out on what God is wanting to do in us and through us when we put him in that place of familiarity. God doesn't fit in any kind of box you'll ever try to put him in. He's so much bigger. He's so much better than you could possibly imagine. That same God that created the universe is the same God that lives in you. And that same God is the God that is shining the light of the knowledge of Christ in your heart, so that you can come face to face with the reality of the knowledge of who God is because he's always got more for you. Thank you guys so much for um, being here. Whether you watched live, whether you are checking this out on one of the podcast platforms and just catching the audio or whatever. Really, really appreciate it. All of these episodes are available on Spotify, Apple, Google, most of the major podcast platforms out there. You can also uh, check these out. They go live on LinkedIn. They go live on YouTube. They go live on uh, my Facebook page. If you haven't done so already, go to my Facebook page at DK and just give it a like. And that way you'll just automatically get notified every time that I go live, typically Mondays and Thursdays. But the time of day's fluctuates a little bit because I'm meeting with people in different parts of the country and or excuse me different different parts of the world and so it's a little bit tricky to set a uh, specific time every week. but anyway, really appreciate you for checking this out and being here. I do just want to remind you again that if you're interested in registering for my um, uh, the online course that I'm going to be offering introduction to a life of miracles. you can do that as well by going to my Facebook page at DK LaMastra. And there you'll be able to sign up. It's completely 100% free. Classes will kick off on September 7th. They'll be by Zoom. You can do them from anywhere in the country. This is just me wanting to just share some of the stuff that I've been teaching, um, especially over the past few, well, really past several years of my life, things that I've been teaching about, uh, just about learning how to experience God's presence and power in your personal life. And making the supernatural a normal part of everyday life, because I believe with all of my heart that that is what God has for us. So, yeah, register on my Facebook page at DK Lamastra. Fill out the simple registration form and you'll get an email and uh, you'll get you'll you'll, uh, you'll 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 see what happens. You'll understand. <laughs> you'll get an email that tells you what to expect and stuff like that. And then I'll also email you as we get closer to the class and tell you what you need to do but I think it's going to be an awesome time. And again, it's completely free. So check it out. Thank you guys so much. If this episode blessed you, added any kind of value into your life, make sure you come back next time. I've got an awesome, awesome interview lined up on Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, You're not going to want to miss that one. It'll be live on all of these platforms as well and uploaded later on to the podcast platforms. Really appreciate you guys. Have an awesome day. If this episode blessed you, make sure you subscribe, share, and leave a review. And uh, see you next time. Thanks.